gonna it's all about sustainability and, and being able to to do this again you know uh tomorrow I'm, I'm i'm gonna continue to try to make walking a bigger part uh what do you think of beef liver today that was a good podcast i certainly ate my raw beef liver today and um I love it. Uh, it like it, Katie said, you just put some orange juice in your mouth, fresh squeezed orange juice, and put half an ounce in there and just swallow it down. It's good. It is wild how much, uh, how many nutrients are in it. I didn't realize it until the episode today, um, but it does. Seem- Ernie chews. Ernie chews it up raw and savors it. He likes the taste of it raw. Really. Yeah, you know, one does. thing you mentioned was oysters was probably number two on the on the yeah. nutrient dense list of foods. Yeah, oysters are very good for you. Super interesting. Um, uh, I, I see Margo's in here. Margo, I missed you today. I, I I didn't get to to get into the Fountain City location. Margo's our PA in uh, in Fountain City, and uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the office tomorrow. I promise. Uh, so shout out to Margo and Amber. Jasmine's also out of this office here in Fountain City. Uh, I see. Oh gosh, Barbara, you don't like the you don't like the raw uh, beef liver. I can't believe Ernie likes it. Barbara likes cake. That's what Barbara's favorite thing Barbara, is cake. Barbara does like cake. I remember I think, that about Barbara. If you were stranded on a desert island, she'd bring cake with her. I'm gonna put this up from Donald. Um, Donald. Uh, uh, asked uh last week around you know what's the the one food um that you would take and uh he's saying dr hyman chose goat's milk and uh i believe everyone here is remembering fish and i think that's what you said i said fish but that's really interesting uh goat's milk i hope you're doing well goat's milk yeah that's very nutritious wow that's interesting right it is you know it's just hard to keep it refrigerated on a desert island but you know Super interesting. Maybe Dr. Hyman had a goat on there, you know, and just get it fresh from the goat. Look at Roel. Guys, check this out. 30,000 steps today. Um, it's Okay, he's a letter carrier, but dang, that's incredible. 30,000? That is amazing. No wonder you're in such good shape. That's, in, that's unbelievable. Great job, You know, this Roel. is interesting, Roel, because um, my grandfather was a letter carrier. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like it being called mailman. Interesting. It's letter carrier. Remember that. That's awesome. It's it's a great occupation. Um, you know, that, that's a great, it really is it's a great job. Uh, you, know, you get to do a lot of walking, socializing. You get outside. It's a great job. And I believe mm-hmm. Roel is in Texas, so I don't know what the weather is like uh, down there right now. But, but hopefully it was a beautiful day for you. Uh, we've had... I think the range in Tennessee was like 29 to 61 <laughs> today. We had a good walk at lunch, and I took a, I took one after work. So um, I'd love to get out on my bike. That's my true passion. Besides guitar. I, I was know, about to say, come on, man. I thought, you, I thought you were you know, yeah, rock you and roll. You can see all the guitars back there, can't you? I can. I, I mean, I know them. your passion for guitar. Um, yeah. But also you, you, you do love uh, the bike. My brother Steve's in the building. Brother Steve, what's going on, man? Great to see you. Uh, as always, as always, Steve from Digest Shield. So good to see you. Um, all right, let's get into some questions, man. We got some great questions uh, that came in throughout the week. Oh, there it is. Colleen. Uh, this episode of Explain This was on Colleen. And uh, I think we talked a lot about where you get Colleen from. Super cool episode. If you're interested 
in Colleen. Check that Explain This episode out with the star of the show, Robin Riddle. Uh, Robin Riddle, if you don't know, is out of our West Knoxville office. So shout out to her. Shout out to this episode. Explain This is so cool. What a, what a fun show that is. Uh, I learned something this new every single time. The MTHFR one was, uh, was deep, was it not? It was a very good one. Yeah, deep, but yet she explained it in a great. It was it was like in way. depth, but very understandable. So, check that. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out both those episodes, guys, if you have not already. Um, all right, let's jump into it. Um, this one is about hair thinning. What is the difference in taking low dose finasteride versus oral minoxidil minoxidil for hair thinning? Oh, um, well, those are two different medicines and they both work for hair loss. They just work in different ways. Um, you know, finasteride, um, does two things. It shrinks your prostate and helps you grow hair on your head. Um, it's a DHT blocker. Uh, it's a lot more potent than something like Sol Palmetto. Um, you know, again, they work in two different ways. So that blocks down DHT, which causes hair loss. And minoxidil, which is Rogaine, um, you know, it's a blood pressure medicine that somehow they found that it grew hair. I don't even think anybody really knows why, but it turns out it works better orally than it does topically. Plus, you know, nobody wants to put that greasy stuff on their head every day, once or twice a day. So and the oral works just as well. I, I take both of them, mm. you know, just for prevention of hair loss. Um, they're very safe. You, you don't want to take finasteride if you're a woman of childbearing age and could get pregnant. Um, that's the only caveat with that one. But, um, you know, it's very safe. And, and the cheapest way to do it is get a five milligram Proscar, generic Proscar um uh, tablet and f- cut it into fourths. So it's real cheap. Uh, you know, it's just a cheaper way to do it um, than getting the one milligram finasteride tablets are kind of expensive. So it's very cheap. Um, and they're both very effective, I think. Mm. You know, and they prevent hair loss. They grow a little bit of hair back as well. Um, so, yeah, they, they just work in different ways. You but can you, take both up. I do. I, long, I think even Andy takes them. Andy takes them for sure. And if you're, a he fem- wants a thick head of hair, and he has it. Andy has great hair. I like. He, he's got some really thick hair, and he's taking it. He is. Yeah. A- Andy and I had a good discussion today about um, uh, who do you trust in medicine, and uh, because I had a really interesting patient that. Um, she was told, you know, not to take hormone cream because she had had a brain bleed, um, a few years ago and they didn't know why she bled in the brain. They presumed it may be autoimmune, but anyway, um, so her rheumatologist told her don't take horm- that hormone because, uh, it could cause strokes. Mm. Um, which is wrong. Um, but again, we just had a great discussion about who do you trust? Because really medicine is opinions. You know, there's a lot we know about medicine. There's much more we don't know in medicine. Um, 
so we got into a real good discussion on, well, who do you believe? And so I, I told Andy about that interaction uh, after work. We got on the phone talking about another patient. And, uh, and I go, that's a really good question because it's all opinion. You know, in my opinion, you should um, do your own research, talk to different people, get different opinions, and go with your gut feeling about how you think it's going to affect you. In the end, it's going to be your decision. Um, you know, and you'll get a good feel about where you feel comfortable. Um, but uh, because you have, may have one doctor telling you not to do it, another doctor tell you it's fine to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I go with experience usually. Um, and anyway, so I, I told Andy about it and he says, I'll, I'll tell you how you trust a doctor. This relates into hair and, and appearances. <laughs> I go, how? And he goes, just take a look at them. If they're fat and they're telling you, they're giving you any medical advice, ignore it. You know, if they're hobbled, limping around, looking 90 years old when they're 60, or, you know, he goes, <laughs> just look at them and you can tell the difference. If they set a good example in their own personal life, then uh, you're more likely to trust them. I thought that was just really interesting. Yeah, I think the, that whole discussion is is interesting, and um, you know, ultimately, it is up to the patient. And you know, I never really thought about how medicine is opinions, you know, and 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 I, I think it's hard um, navigating this healthcare landscape because you know you're going to different specialists. You've got you know you go to different people for different things, and everybody has different. You're hearing a bunch of different stuff, and I think. You know, I've heard you talk a lot about how that's kind of how people end up on 10 different medications yeah. and have no, no idea why they're on them. That's a good point. You know, another way I think you can make a decision on who to trust is get a feel if they're listening to you. You know, first of all, are they really listening to you? And are they looking at why? Are they just reacting and making a rash judgment? Here's what you got. Here's your pill. Don't you kind of want to know why? Sometimes we have no other explanation than you have bad luck, you know. But um, so there's a lot of lot of things that go into you know making your making your uh, judgment based on several different things. I think experience and t treating a lot of people and seeing a lot of things helps. But I think I'll do a podcast on who do you trust in medicine. Um, you know, I, I told you before about one of my patients, we got into a similar uh, talk about um, where do us doctors learn all this stuff? How do we possibly keep up with all this stuff? So I told her how I kept up with it, and, you know, constantly studying, reading, researching, observing. And so she asked her family doc, who's about my age, has a lot of experience, how do you keep up with this stuff? And you know what he said, which is a very honest answer, the drug reps. <laughs> That's a very honest answer, but it's kind of a sad commentary. You know, if you're, the drug reps can be helpful, but if you're relying on the drug reps or a salesman to tell you how to practice medicine, then you're in a bad spot. 
Um, I mean, and that's probably the way most of them do. I mean, you don't practice medicine like you did 20, 30 years ago. I don't practice anything like I did back then. Don't use the same medicines. Don't approach it the same way. Uh, so just interesting commentary. I know we're, we need to get to the questions, but um, just side note. Well, I mean, you know, the the show and movie, uh, sorry, the show and uh, book Dope Sick was a great example of how, you know, doctors are getting um, their information from drug reps and, and how that spread um, with um, some of those pain medications. Great point. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah. my assumption is that, you know, patients are becoming more and more aware. So again, you know, what we like to do in this show is, you know, really, you know, encourage people to take ownership of their health. And like you said, do your own research, you know, figure out, you know, you know, a few people to listen to and and then ask questions if somebody is going to, if a provider is going to put you on a medication, there's no, no problem in asking why. Um, it's a great conversation. It's good to be, it's good to be a healthy skeptic in my opinion. Yeah. You know, doctor's kind of skeptical and I am too. I'm more of an open skeptic, but, um, you know, there's a, you need to be a little skeptical of a lot of things, but, um, anyway, that's just my two cents worth on that. I'm going to do a podcast on that. Who do you trust in medicine? I like that. Remind me. Um, all right, let's get to, to this one right here. Uh, should tremors, uh, uh, parentheses shaking, be a concern for men? This came on Instagram. Thank you guys uh, for hanging out with us over there. Um, what's your thoughts on this? And uh, tremor, the way I kind of think of it is your hands shaking. Um, mm-hmm. Is there other other types of tremors? Yeah, I mean, your head could shake. You know, you could shake all over. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, definitely should be looked into most tremors. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I mean, you know, you can both have tremors. A lot of times, most of the time, it's if it's just that type of thing, hands or head, it's usually benign essential tremor, sometimes inherited. Um, and it's not of any major consequence, except you may think you have Parkinson's or something. Uh but you definitely need to sort it out. It should be a concern because you want to make sure nothing else is going on, like Parkinson's. And we see a lot of Parkinson's. There's a lot more Parkinson's now than there used to be. Um, it's a tremendous amount of people that have Parkinson's. Um, it's just like an epidemic, in my opinion. But um, maybe some of us from the COVID fallout. But uh but yeah, I mean, it can be treated too. You know, a lot of times we use medicines to treat it, and, but um, you want to make sure uh, there's nothing worse than a benign essential tremor, which is the usual cause of it. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely something new is going on, and if if your when your parents had the same tremor and it's just mild, it's probably nothing other than reassurance that you need. But mm. yeah say it could be a concern all right thank you for that question let's get into this one right here could you please comment on the wheat zoomer and the mrt food sensitivity blood tests in your opinion are they useful tests and um i don't know if i've heard of the wheat zoomer um what's your thoughts on this yeah i've heard of both these i haven't used them so i don't know you know 
how accurate they claim they're pretty accurate. You know, we do a Dunwoody food sensitivity test, which is probably about like the MRT, um, which is, you know, it's a delayed food sensitivity test that um, where they use white blood cells and they, they put a bunch of different types of food in a, I guess it's in a Petri dish or somewhere with, with the white blood cells. And if um, they react, I think they put out mediators or something. And if they react to certain things, that may mean you have a delayed food sensitivity to that food. And the wheat zoomer, I think it's a little bit different. I'm pretty sure I've never used it. I have heard of it. I think it's, you know, a, more of a functional uh, clinic that puts that out, but um, it, it's, I'm pretty sure it detects uh, gluten allergies and wheat allergies, which are very cr closely related, not exactly the same thing, but um, I think they use not white blood cells, but maybe peptides uh, as a media on that. I haven't used it, so I'm not real familiar. I, I can't, without experience in using, I can't really tell you how um, accurate they are. They claim that the, the wheat zoomer, that there's a corn zoomer, a dairy zoomer, so they test for different types of foods, I'm pretty sure. Um, but and I, it, probably, it probably gives you an idea about um, leaky gut, intestinal permeability, that type thing. So, I mean, I'm not against it at all. If you, if you decide to get it, let me know what you think about it and, you know, I'll look into it more. Um, Super but, interesting. Um, I love when some of these new tests come out, um, uh, come on the show here, uh, kind of gets our wheels turning, things we need to look uh, more into. So thank you for uh, sending that question. And like Doc said, if, uh, if you get some experience or if anybody in here with us on the live show has any experience with uh, either one of those, uh, let us know what you think. Um, super, super interesting. Um, this is a common question we're getting, um, not only on social, but also inside of the office. Um, Ozempic or Manjaro, which one is your preference um, for weight loss? Uh, we've talked uh, a, a lot about the GLP-1 receptor agonists. Um, what would be your preference? I know a lot of it is around insurance and, you know, who's covered and who's not, um, you know, and then if, if semaglutides and, you know, there's lots of different options for this. So uh, it seems the question is between Ozempic or Manjaro, um, and I think coverage is kind of similarly, similarly, similarly difficult. Similarly, I don't know. That's a hard one to pronounce. Sim similarly difficult. <laughs> uh, I love them both. Um, you know, it, basically it's whoever your insurance, if your insurance is going to cover it, uh, that you can get. Um, again, Ozempic is labeled for diabetics. We Govi, which is the same thing, is labeled for weight loss. So, Mongero works great too. It has a little extra ingredient um, uh, besides the GLP-1 uh, inhibitor agonist. Um, it has a GIP, and it seems to have pack a little bit more of a punch in some cases. Uh, probably seeing a little better weight loss with the Mongero. And sometimes if you 
uh, get too nauseated on Ozempic or Wegovy, then you try Monjero and, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Not that it can't. It, sometimes it does with Monjero, maybe not with Ozempic. Um, so my preference is either one of them that you can get your hands on. Uh, they both work great. I mean, it's to me, that class of medications should be labeled the, the drug class of this century so far because it's very cardioprotective. It's just wonderful a class of medications. Um, you know, it protects your kidneys. It probably helps non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, you know, it's, it's a true great tool that we have now uh, for weight loss and diabetes. Um, Great. So whichever one you can get your hands on, if you have a side effect of one, try the other one. If you can, if you can somehow get a hold of it. The Mongero, the problem there is you just can't get a hold of it. You know, unless you got in on early, early days, both those companies really screwed up because there's not enough of them. And then insurance companies just don't want to cover them. So um, it's a tough, it's a toughie. Mm. Half my nurses' days are trying to are spent trying to get those things covered. You know, we don't even deal with insurance companies, but we kind of have to for something like that because we want to help the patient out. Um, but uh, interesting. We'll see where that winds up. The folks at Lilly who make Mongero are coming out with a weight loss brand of that, just like Ozempic came out with Wegovy. So it'll be really interesting. That's a battle. That's going to be a real battle. It, do you think? Do you think this is going to be like a battle between these big companies over the next over the next decade, uh, as well as with like compounders? Like, where do you see this going yeah. over the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think I think so. You can you can get some compounded, very similar stuff for the both those, but um, you know, I think it's it, it's it's a very good thing really to have competition. Mm. And in my opinion, I mean, just like the, you know, the drug reps from, from different, the two different companies, you know, I'll see them, you know, they'll, they'll bring us pies to eat, you know, to bribe us. And you'll see them out in the parking lot, throwing the pies at each other. Um, cause they're mad at each other and they don't want to eat the pies cause they're on their own drugs. So they're not hungry. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding about that. That of course you got is, very nice reps. Yeah. Very nice reps on both, both sides. I love them all. Uh, just, just to be clear. I hope one of them brings us a pie tomorrow. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, that would be. I don't think they listen to this, but they do tune in and bring us a pie. You know? <laughs> uh, yes. We, we, we love the reps for both. Um, so uh, that, that was super funny. They're very good. Very good. Uh, welcome in everybody uh, to anyone who's uh, just dropping. I see Motaz just came in. Motaz, what's up, my man? Great to see you as always. I see Penny's question. Uh, Steve loves pie, as you know, as do I. Um, I'm seeing here uh, Ava and Isla love my haircut. Thank you, goodness. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, again, I, I, I didn't. You didn't say any compliments today on my hair. Um, but did but, you get your hair? I thought you got your hair cut a couple weeks ago. No, no, it's been um six days, but I've been oh, wearing it. Yeah, I do like your hair. Thank you, thank you. You and got that Johnny Depp thing coming out front. <laughs> I wish my hair looked like that. 
Uh, shout out to Ava and Alia. Thank you guys for hanging out with us uh, each Tuesday. So glad to see you guys with Amber. Um, okay, Terry's in from South Carolina. Uh, welcome in. Thanks, my, my man, for being with us as always. Uh, I see uh, we've, got a, we've got a birthday coming up. Uh, Margot Kasturian, our PA in Fountain City, is uh, about oh. to have a birthday. Thank you, Jasmine, for putting this in here. Uh, and and cueing us birthday, in. Margo. Happy early birthday to Margot. I hope it's the best one ever. Best one ever. Can't wait to see you. I think I might even get to see you on your actual birthday. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, Jasmine, for uh, for putting that in there. Um, guys, what do y'all think? What do you think, Pop? What do you think about what? Oh, you look like your dad. Good. Thank you. That's a good compliment <laughs> for me. Not not for you, but for me, it's a compliment. No, uh, that's a thank that, you, Linda. That's a compliment for me as well. Uh, we need to get uh, Andy in here and see. Uh, there is a, um, you know, a I think a healthy, um, you know, some people think Andy looks like you. Some people think I look like you. Um, my sister uh, Kelly, of course, looks a, a whole lot like mom. But uh, I think I think if I think we take off of. Uh, both of you guys pretty um, pretty evenly, but uh, it's very sweet of you, Linda. Thank you for putting that in there. Uh, Kathy, I, I do too. I love me some Andy. Shout out to Andy Rogers, my brother, uh, over in Johnson City. We got to get more of him. Andy, I would say Andy's probably the most popular person in Johnson City, wouldn't you? I think so. Uh, It'd be hard to compete with him. It really it's, it's hard. It's really um, been difficult being his brother all these years. been difficult in, in the most beautiful way. Um, he's, he, uh, I, whenever I meet like one of his friends or they say they know Andy, I'm like, let me just preface this. I'm not nearly as cool, but I'm still related. I'm related to him. <laughs> so, uh, so that always, always helps. Thank you, Kathy, for putting that in there. Uh, I, you know what, this is, you know, Carter's up there in popularity over in JC. Um, I, I completely, yeah, but she's more in Elizabeth than the. Well, this is also true. This is also true. But when you go into the JC office, um, everyone's looking for Carter. I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've been there and I've seen it. Uh, so thank you, Katie, for putting. She worked that in with there. us yesterday, and she was like a superstar. That is exactly yeah. right. She's an absolute superstar. Shout out to yeah. Carter. She uh, looks a lot like Katie too. <laughs> they look a lot like. Talk about looking alike. <laughs> uh, let's get into some questions, guys. Um, all right, where are we at? Um, uh, Elena, thank you. That's such a sweet uh, comment. Thank you for uh, for being with us. Thank you. Uh, I hope Tuesday. you're feeling good. I hope you're feeling good. Um, let's see. Where's a question here? I'm looking. Uh, okay, Mary has one on Facebook. Any recommendations for some type of prophylactis for recurring UTIs? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, Um one of well, everybody says cranberry pills, um, which is pretty good. Um, my newest thing with that is uh, methylene blue. I love methylene blue for recurrent UTIs. Um, you know, some people have so many they have to take um, actually chronic, chronically take macrodantin, an antibiotic for it, um, which you don't seem to get tolerant to. So sometimes it. It's okay. Um, but me, I'd rather go with uh, methylene blue. Um, 
It's a little dive. I did a podcast on it if you want to go back and look at it, but do your research on methylene blue uh, for prevention of uh, UTIs. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, when you go into a nursing home, it's mostly women and a UTI, which they can have no symptoms of, can throw them into the hospital. You know, they can, they can, decompensate mentally and physically and it's because of a uti wow i see that a lot in nursing home patients so i heard the statement made that um not putting every woman in the nursing home or assisted care on methylene blue should be labeled malpractice um but it's also great for cognition it's great for energy. Look up methylene blue. Yep. Really good for that. I love methylene blue. Um, Mary, we, we if you search for methylene blue and performance medicine, that video will show up. He goes into just dosing the whole the whole deal. Um, and there's certain types of methylene blue that you're that you're wanting to get. But I do think it's over the counter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a um, shoot, I think you can find it on on Amazon. You um, can. Thank you for that. Mary, if you guys got questions for Dr. Rogers, this is the part of the show where we answer live questions. So go ahead and put those uh, in the comments here. Let me see if I can search through here. If we got a question. Uh, Here we go from Mark. Um, State Medicaid programs are vigorously enforcing limits on the number of Medicaid patients any provider can see. It's illegal, it's illegal for providers participating in Medicaid to take private pay or out-of-pocket payment from any Medicaid member. What options are left for Medicaid members needing health care? That's just super interesting questions. The way I'm interpreting that question is uh, if you're on Medicaid and you can only see a provider who is um, a Medicaid provider or a Medicaid yeah. member and then the problem is getting into getting access to these providers. Is that the way you're reading it? Yeah. Especially, you know, like a functional medicine doctor like myself, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's just a shame that, you know, you can't, uh, you're limited in that way. And usually they make it so that, um, you have to see one particular, you go to one particular place in, in Tennessee, it's called 10 care. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, people that can't afford it need medical coverage, of course. So that's where Medicaid comes in. So it's very helpful. Um, yeah, it's just tough. You know, you, doctors have to be careful about what they do because they can get their license jerk for just doing something nice for somebody. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What, what could happen to you if, say, you did violate that and you you know, you even gave a free visit to, to a Medicaid patient. You could actually, they could, they could the board of uh, medicine could take your license from you. Um, so, that's you a, know. That's a wild, it's a wild scenario. And thank you, Mark, for, um, for putting that in there. You, we've talked a lot about this in regards to like Medicare, um, you know, uh, which is what you, I, th- I believe you have to go on Medicare once you turn 65. Is that right? You don't have to. No. You don't, you you don't can, have to. You need to sign up for it. You get penalized later, but you don't have to. You may have other coverage. Many people do. After 65, they 
they still go their employer coverage. Mm. But there's still like when you're choosing a Medicare provider, you have to watch out for like what what's covered and what's not because there's. Well, yeah, you, you know, you ought to go back to that episode um, with Renee where uh, we yeah. talk about what kind of Medicare to get on. You know, we talk about the business of medicine quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's really interesting. Some of the rules that you have to go by. Fortunately for me, you know, being cash only doctor, uh, not connected with any insurance company, um, somebody could come in and just see me no matter what, you know, um, I, you I know, think more and more I, I suppose they could even be on Medicaid and just come in and not tell you how are you going to know, you know, who's going to know, how would you know? So that's, that's maybe one option for them. Um, and I, I, I don't I, ask people when they come in to see me, are you on Medicaid? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just people. They're not, you know. So. Uh, that is interesting. Um, I, I would imagine, right, I think you and I are both of the belief that more and more people are going to um, do similar stuff as performance medicine uh, is doing, kind of the cash only, you know, uh, not being associated with insurance companies. So hopefully that helps with this sort of problem. Uh, yeah. It's really well. freeing not to have to, to deal with insurance companies. You know, we have to deal with them a little bit like on the Ozempic Mongero prior approvals occasionally, but you know, <laughs> it's just really freeing because you don't have to have an EMR. Uh, it's just so much better. You mm -hmm. have more time to spend with a patient. You don't have to search for codes and, you know, the way they've done medicine is just really taking taken the the freedom and choice out of doctors' hands and half your visits. Uh, if you have to work in that system, which most do, 99% of them do have to work in that system. It's 99% of your visits taken up by them typing on a computer, not even looking at you, trying to find a code and trying to document everything in the world about that visit even stuff they didn't really even ask you even to, and to get reimbursed for it. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I could give you a lesson on the business of medicine. Uh, and I do talk about it quite a bit in some well, of my podcasts. I think, I think it's important for patients to understand, you know, what, what happens on the back end um, in all these different scenarios, because it helps you make informed choices. Um uh, I see Penny's got a question. I'm going to get to her question. I, and I want to talk to you more about that because I think it's um, it's going to be more and more important um, as we move forward. Uh, Penny's asking, are peptides safe to take? What's your thoughts on this? We talked a little bit about CJC yeah. and uh, CJC-1295 and BPC-157 last week. Ipamorlin, uh, Samorlin. Yeah, we use a lot of peptides. Yeah, they're safe if you get them from a reputable place. Now, you could probably go on there and order it from China or India and get them uh, illegally, you know, from there. But I definitely wouldn't do that because most of them are injectables. You don't know the sterility of it. And you don't know the potency of it. One time I had a patient years ago um, that had ordered human growth hormone from Mexico. And they didn't think it was doing any good. So they brought it to me and said, can you test this to see if this is real human growth hormone? And at the time I knew um, a pharmacist who had a machine that would do that. 
a mass spectrometer, a very expensive machine. And so I took it to him, and it wasn't HGH growth hormone at all. It was HCG, totally different type of thing, totally different peptide. So just don't order it illegally and on your own. You know, it's it's because peptides are really labeled as research, or, or most ones you're talking about is research vehicles. Now, mm. insulin's a peptide too, so it it's safe. But, you know, I feel very comfortable with what we um, are able to order from a legitimate U.S. company uh, that has to follow all the rules. So, but as long as you do that, yeah, they're, they're, they're safe. Mm. Um, it looks like, uh, Penny's, uh, gotten one from the pharmacy in Knoxville, uh, from Robin there. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're getting it from a legitimate place. Yeah. You know, if you have a lot of allergies, I told a patient this today, some people really, really get, um, paranoid about medications, uh, starting a new medicine, especially yeah. if they've had a reaction, you know, to a previous medication, say an anaphylactic reaction, like I did one time, scary as all get out. But so I told that patient today, bring it in. And this was just a Nurtec. They were, they were scared to take it because they'd taken an Imitrex and had a, kind of a bad time with it. And Nurtec for migraines is, has no relation to Imitrex, but she wouldn't take it even though she has severe migraines because she was scared. Yeah. So I said, bring it into the next time you get a, a migraine, bring it into my office and take it while you sit in my lobby. And just, you know, cause I'll be right there if you need me right outside the lobby. And a lot, a lot of times people do that. Yeah. And, you know, just, and they say, Hey, this is fine. So, so don't shortchange yourself and not thinking you can't take it. Um, but I rarely see a, any kind of reaction from peptides. That's super interesting. Uh, Penny, thank you so much for putting that question in. Um, we're going to talk more and more about peptides because uh, they're incredible. Uh, we've done a, a couple of different um, episodes with, uh, with Robin on peptides. And what's interesting is there's, it seems like there's a, a use for almost a use for a peptide for almost anything, it seems. And they're just targeted at different things. Um, so it's cool. We'll talk more and more uh, about that. So I think we've got one on Ipamorland coming out. I'm going to put this up here from Lisa, and then I'm going to get your, uh, to your question, Lisa. Uh, she's going to follow Broken Neck C1, C2 on the right side as a result of my fall. Okay. Okay, we're going to I'm, I was worried about you. I was really worried when you told me that. I go, you need to see a neurosurgeon. And the next day, right after you said that, uh, a patient of mine called and had fallen in the middle of the night and hurt his neck and he couldn't bend it. And he wanted me to call him in a muscle relaxer. Um, and I said, you know, you really need to come in and let us look at that. And so Ernie looked at him first and I looked at him and Ernie goes, you need an MRI. So we sent him for a stat MRI. The radiologist calls us and he goes, this guy needs to be in the hospital right now. He had a hangman's fracture Wow. of C2. So um, you don't take that lightly. So I'm glad you came out of it okay. And just make sure you're seeing somebody that takes care of that type thing. It doesn't always need surgery, but you sure don't want to risk paralysis or, yeah. you know, chronic nerve damage because of that. That's a very 
the neck area is so fragile. Yep. I'm glad you're doing better. Um, thank you for uh, for keeping us updated, Lisa. We're going to continue to uh, to pray for you and and uh, your recovery. Um, I'm going to um, put Lisa's question up here because it's it's one that I think can help a lot of people. What is the daily dosage of zinc to take that won't make you nauseous? Um, I, I know I, I I know what I think you're going to say, um, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, of course, any any bit of zinc can make you nauseous if you take it on an empty stomach. So make sure you take it with food. And for people, the usual dose is 50 milligram, but for people that get pretty nauseated, they can usually tolerate 30 milligram, which is fine. Just make sure you take it with food mm. and you can usually tolerate a 30 milligram. And uh, it makes me nauseated too yep. when I take a 50 and when you say take with within the hour, within, um, yeah, just or with it while okay. something's on your stomach. All right. Hope that helps. Great question. Lisa, thank you for putting that in there. Um, I'm going to put this up from Carol. This is something we see, we're seeing this every day. It's, um, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating, uh, you know, on our staff who's, who, who deals with a lot of this, it's, um, yeah, call, call us and we can, we can, uh, get, uh, some compounds of either one of them. It's very similar. We've had good luck with it. Way cheaper. Uh, the compounded is, uh, called semaglutide. Uh, let's get this in from Janet having past history of colorectal cancer. Now bladder retention. Should this be a concern? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, at least checking out. Mm. You really need to check that out. Um, you know, you need to see a urologist. Um, sometimes there can be a fistula, you know. Hopefully it's not, but yeah, I wouldn't ignore bladder retention. Uh, see, see your local urologist, and they can just make sure that nothing's uh, going on there. Mm. Uh, thank you for that question, uh, Jana. Keep us posted on, on how everything's going there. Um, I'm looking for questions here. If I'm missing somebody, let me know. Um, uh, D. Lynn, thank you for uh, for being here. Um, let's see here if I can't, if I'm missing somebody. Uh, if you guys have questions for Doc, go ahead and put it in the comments. I should see the latest stuff. I'm, I'm getting lost in the shuffle here, guys. Um Okay, I don't think I miss anybody. What's been top of mind for you? Beef liver? Me? Yeah, uh, yeah I love beef liver. <laughs> it's probably the most... I wouldn't say I love the taste of it, but I, I, it's a very super nutrient. Probably the best there is. Oh, I'm glad you love the podcast of that, Motaz. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, get you a good If you eat the raw stuff, get a good source, which I found at a local butcher shop. Um, I'm glad you like that podcast. Yeah, I was really pumped up about getting that. And I have to give Katie the credit. She yeah. was really on board early with uh, some of Dr. Salandino's work. Matter of fact, she'd probably, if she had the opportunity, she'd probably go work for him instead of me. But <laughs> I hope she doesn't. I sure hope she does Katie, stay. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, thank you guys for putting that in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Penny's asking, I'm dealing with uh, elevated IgA. Is that from SIBO and the leaky gut that I have? 
De definitely could be. Yep. Yep. I would say you're probably right. I'll tell you what, talk to Robin Riddle, mm -hmm. our amazing nurse practitioner who deals with gut stuff every day. She helped my gut a lot post COVID gut. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's complex. There's a lot of, hopefully you can get a, you've gotten a GI map, um, or something similar and are dealing with it. Uh, Robin even has a SIBO test in the office you can do uh, rather than having to go to the hospital and get it. Uh, but yeah, that leaky gut can be fixed. Yep. Um, Penny, we have a podcast with Robin on SIBO in particular. If you search for SIBO and Robin Riddle, that will definitely come up. Uh, thank you, uh, Penny, for that. Um, see, Dr. Rogers over, over Dr. Saladino. Am I right, guys? Dr. Rogers over Dr. Saladino. I don't know. He's 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 a famous. He's famous. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you, Katie. That's so sweet. And I'm gonna put this up. Uh, ben Curtis. Shout out to Ben. Um, yeah, Ben Curtis. Yeah, he's he's know. all over it. He is all over it. You you can see him. He's he's in our Kingsport office every once in a while. Uh, does does a lot of work with us, and he is just he is super smart around the carnivore that whole thing. Um, so. Uh, really interesting. Thank you guys uh, for that. Um, let's see here. Um, what is the butcher butcher shop? Um, Katie might know. Gosh, I, I linked. I had a link to there on my thing. I'm blanking out of the name of it. Um, their farms are local. Um, gosh, what's the name of that? It's on Bloomingdale Pike here in Kingsport. Katie, flash the name of it up there. I know you know it. Um, or look at today's podcast because it's it, there's a link on there. Um, starts with an L. I, Lazy T, I think. Or, <laughs> I think that's what it is. You know what? Katie will flash it up there in a minute. I'm going to put this up from, from Lisa because, Lisa, I've got a few more minutes. I've got a few more minutes where, you know, the camera's on me, the focus let's get, is on I me. Can, let's, let's get And, you know, I, I can't have – Nurse, uh, nurse, Z no, it's Izzy, 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 Izzy. and Ike taking, Izzy. taking away my shine, you know, like I knew this was going to happen. Lisa's just, they're all, they're all here for Ike and Izzy. I know, you know, as we wrap the show up, everybody wants it. I will show you a picture. I have it on my screensaver. If this will come through, I got a cute little picture of both of them. They're best friends. I mean, they definitely love each other. And here they are together. You see that? There they are. That's my screensaver. You know they what? Heard us. Isn't that a cute one? Lisa, I totally get it. They they have my heart as well. Um, they're, and they're, uh, whenever I get up to Kingsport, I, I love Isn't hanging out with these two. Look at that. I mean, come on. I Can mean, you get any cuter than that? How do you even get them to pose like that? You don't. You just sneak up on them and get a picture of them. Were they asleep? Know. They were resting, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's get to Kathy's. I thought I heard them coming down here. There, there's Izzy right there. Can we get to Kathy's question real quick? I want to make yeah, sure we get sure. this in. Um, okay. I've been taking high doses of steroids with chemo treatment. I'm really gaining weight. How do I get rid of this weight? Um, I'm assuming this is this happens a lot with chemo. Is that is that true? <sighs> yeah, sometimes you do have to. Um, it's tough until you get off those steroids. Mm. What I would recommend, 
is like I tell anybody with cancer, um, there's a couple of things I would immediately do. One, I would get on a, a ketogenic diet. You know, you have to get on a, on a keto diet or something very similar to it. Um, and I'd consider vitamin C, IV vitamin C. Um, but once you get off the steroids, it, it'll, it'll be pretty easy to get, mm. get off of you. Um, but I really like ketosis for, for patients with cancer. Uh, I've heard you say that, uh, uh, before I, I hope that helps Kathy. Uh, we'll certainly be thinking of you. Um, yeah. think about, think about keto. You won't be on them for long, hopefully, and yeah. get off of them and then, uh, work on, on the weight. But, uh, and always listen to your oncologist as well. Yeah. Make sure you've got your immune system going, working. Don't Pop, go introduce, introduce people who, who don't know oh. Izzy. This is Izzy. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.